Again, the Gemara today and I've paid dollar on the base where it says Kayanim I'm going back to the Mishnah. Mishnah spoke about a person that made a nether, and he said. So there's two kinds of nedarim that the Mishnah spoke about. First, the Mishnah said a person made a nether. No Kayanim or Levim can have any anah from me. So now think there's, there's a problem here. He has produce. He has to give truma and ma'isa, which belong to the Kayanim and Levim. So can they take the, the, the trumas and ma'isas from him? So the Mishnah says, yeah, yitlak karchay. They're taken against, against, his, uh, against his will. Then the Mishnah said, but if he said, Kainim Elu, Levim Elu Nanamli, if he said specific Kainim and Levim cannot have an awe from me, so then those Kainim and Levim cannot take that Trumas and Maestras. So who takes it? Other Kainim and Levim that are not part of his nether. So the Gemara here will point out that these two Allahs of the Mishnah seem to be a contradiction. What's the difference if he says all Kainim or if he says these Kainim? So here, let's see. The Mishnah said, So what do we see from the Reisha of the Mishnah? When it says that even though you made a nether, nevertheless, those Kainim Levim could still come and take their Trumas and Maises. What I see from this is, The Tevas meaning the benefit that you have to choose which Kain to give the Trumas and Maises to, has no monetary value. We had this point yesterday. This idea of Toi Vesana Eina Mama means the actual Trumas and Maestres you don't own. Who does it belong to? To the Kayim and the Levim. It's not yours. What, owner, what level of ownership do you have in these Trumas and Maestres? You just have the choice who to give it to. And, and possibly because you can choose who to give it to so someone can pay you off. I want you to give a dafka to these Kayim and Levim so you can make some money off of it. But that Toi Vesana that you have in this Trumas and Maestres is that considered to be that you have some kind of monetary ownership in the actual produce itself? That's Trumas and Maestres? So the Gemara says, from the fact that we say that when you made a nether, that the Kayanim Levim can't have a gnaw from you, they can come and take the Trumas and Maestres. I see that your ownership of Toivis and gnaw that you have in this Trumas and Maestres is not considered to be a real ownership. It's ain't a moment. It's not, it's not ownership. So therefore they can come and take. Right, this, by the way, this halacha of Toivis and gnaw, has relevance for other halachas as well. For example, if you have something, a chametz in your possession, and the chametz is not really yours because it's trumas and maestres, but you only have an ownership of teivas on it. You have an ownership that you can choose which kind to give it to. Are you aiva on the isa bayira bayimatza? Is it your chametz? You only aiva on it if it's yours. Right? So that's also another relevance for this. Or for example, can you use this Trumas and Maestres? There's a certain Tevis of it that you have. If you give this Trumas and Maestres to Isha, you want to be Makadesh. It should be your money. Makadesh Isha has to be something that belongs to you. Is this Tevis that you have in it considered to be a monetary ownership in this Trumas and Maestres or not? So the Gemara says right now in our mission we see that no, it, it's not. You have no monetary ownership in this and therefore the Kayan Malavim can come and take it. It's theirs. It's their Trumas and Maestres. That's what we see from the first part of the Mishnah. But then Amos Sefer, what does it say in the next case? You make a nether that these Kainim, these Levim should not have a nor from me. What happens? So those Kainim Levim cannot take these Trumas and Maestres, but others that were not part of the nether should come and take. Avalahani, these Kainim Levim, they can't come and take from it. Why not? It's their Trumas and Maestres. Alma, I see the reason why they can't come and take anything here is because Tevis are no mummy. Because even though it's their Trumas and Maestres, but you, the Yisrael that made the nether, also has a shtickle ownership here. He has the ownership of Tevis are no. This produce is something he could choose who to give it to. So because he has an ownership in this, the Kayan and Levim that are taking it are having a no here from you. So there's a contradiction here in the Mishnah. 
Okay, but just going back a second, when the Mishnah says that, uh, when the Gemara, that is, explains that regarding the first part of the Mishnah that says that the Kayan Levim could come and take, even after you made the nether, because you have no ownership in it. The fact that you could choose is meaningless. But still, the Mishnah used the words, Yitlu, that the Kayan and Levim come and take. It's mashma from the Lashon of the Mishnah that they can't, they can come and take, but you can't give it. Even though Tevesana ain't a mama, but you still shouldn't go ahead and give it directly to them. They can come and take it. Right? But Kesa says Machlaikis about this. If you say Tevesana ain't a mama, does that mean that you have zero, you like giving them something that belongs to them? When, I, when, when Israel gives a Kayan, Levi, Trumas, and Maestris, what are you doing? You're giving him his item, what belongs to him. Ah, you could choose who to give it to? That's not considered to be monetary ownership. But others say no. That Enochanami, he's allowed to come and take it, but you can't go ahead directly and give it. Okay, so there's a machlekes about that. Akapana, we have over here a steed in the Mishnah. Giving is help and giving get it. Okay. You're so, giving him another. Yeah, but I'm giving, but I'm giving him something that belongs to him, though. If you remember, we once learned before in the Gemara Benigayatan Aveda. If you give someone an Aveda that belongs to him, there's no, uh, there's no problem. Even if he's not allowed to have a, no, even if he's not allowed to have an offer from you, it's, it's his. Huh? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. By an Aveda over here, I mean, the Mishnah uses the word Yitlu. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's sort of mashma that he's not allowed to give it to him. Okay, so the Gemara says that the two. It's not yours. They're taking it. It's theirs. He's taking what's his. Yeah, so it's not you right. doing it. Yeah, yeah. The Aveda was never the one founded. Okay, so the Gemara says... Before... Uh, not so posh it. Okay, Truma... Yeah, not posh it, but... Okay. Before he... Before he took Truma... Okay, but now you will mafresh the Truma. It's his. Belongs okay. to him. Okay, so... It belongs to a so the Gemara answers and says, we're going to have to say that the two parts of the Mishnah are taket two opinions. There's no contradiction here in the Mishnah. We'll have to say, There's a machloikis here between Rabbi and Rabbi Yisibar Yehuda regarding this subject, whether when you have the choice of who to give it to, is that a monetary ownership in the item or not? Where do we see this machloikis? The Tanya we learned in Abraham says as follows, you go and you steal from your friend the produce that he has before the maestres were taken from it. That's the tevel, right? The untithe produce. So you, you stole this. So what do you have to pay back? You went and you ate it. So Rabbi says, The Ganav has to pay everything. You have to pay the value of everything that you stole, including the value of, even though part of it is trumas and maestres, but nevertheless you have to pay the entire thing. That's what Rabbi says. So again, in, this, in the simple pshat over here, Rabbi is saying you have to pay the entire thing. Okay, well, we'll see how the Gemara will explain this. Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehuda says, When you steal because the Trumas and Maises weren't separated yet, so you only pay the value of the Chulun that's in it. You don't pay the values of the Trumas and Maises that's in it. That you didn't steal from this person. That belongs to the Kayan and the Levi. So the Gemara explains, my Don't you think? What's the explanation of this argument between Rabbi and Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda as follows? The Rabbi Sava, Rabbi's opinion is, The Chulen for sure belongs to this Yid. But not only the Chulen belongs to him, even the Trumas and Maestris, that taka belongs to the Kayin, but there's a percent of it, or there's a value of it that does belong to the Yisrael. The Toivus the fact that the Yid could choose who to give it to, that's a monetary value that the Yisrael has. So therefore, what Rebbe is saying is, you're going to have to pay not only the Cholin, but even the Trumas and Maestres, you're going to have to pay the Toivus of that Trumas and Maestres. 
So the way the Ran learns the Gemara is, even though the Lashon is that you have to pay Mishalom Lord the Maid Tivloi, Rabbi didn't mean your mama should have to pay everything. Because in the end of the day, the Trumas and Maises belongs to the Kayin. But what Rabbi is saying is, not only do you have to pay the Chulin, but even the Trumas and Maises that belong to the Kayin, there's a value of it, there's the Hatoivis that you did take away from the Yisrael, and you're going to have to pay the value of the Toivis from the Trumas and Maises. That's what Rabbi is saying. Okay, there are, though, other Rishayim that say that it goes so far that because Toivis is called Mamain, so the whole entire value of Trumas and Maises, you have to pay back to the Yisrael. But the, I mean, the simple part of the Gemara is that you only have to pay back the value of the Tevis of the Trumas and Maestres, not the, the entire value of the Trumas and Maestres. That for sure doesn't belong to the Israel. That belongs to the Kayin. Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehudisava, Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehudis says, Tevis in a moment. The fact that the Israel has a Tevis the value of Tevis in this Trumas and Maestres, that's not a monetary value, Bukhlal. So therefore, the person that stole pays back the Chulin value, and the Trumas and Maestres value pays back nothing of it. So right here we see this is between Rabbi and Rabbi Yisab Rabbi Yudah whether Toivus Anah is Mammon or not. So therefore we could say that that's also the Machlokes here in our Mishnah. The, the beginning of the Mishnah goes like Rabbi Yisab Rabbi Yudah that says Toivus Anah ain't a Mammon. And the next, uh, the Seif of the Mishnah goes like Rabbi that says Toivus Anah is Mammon. So the same thing applies also when you make a nether. When a person makes a nether that the Kayan and the Levi should not have Anah from me, could the Kayan and Levi get now your Trumas and Maestres? If Tevis Anah is Mamain, so then, yeah, they're getting from you that a monetary value. If Tevis Anah is not Mamain, so then when he's getting his Trumas and Maestres from you, he's not getting any monetary value from you. The Trumas and Maestres belongs to him. So he's allowed to take it from you. I don't think this Kayan is allowed. This kind is not allowed because there's a you learn out from a posik. Someone else, someone else could, someone else. There's two things. First of all, tevis anah means even if theoretically no one's paying you off to give it to this particular kind, but the very fact that you have hana to choose to give it a certain kind, that hana has value. That's a simple pshat of the means just the hana to choose who to give it to has value. And that's the Machlaikis. That value of the Hana you have, is that considered to be a percent of value in this actual produce or no? It's a, it's a Hana that you get out of it, but it's not considered to be an actual uh, uh, moment in the produce itself. But, but, but it's also true, I Mirashi mean, does say in other places that Toivis Hana means that someone else could pay you off of this. You could make money off of it. Not the Kayin himself, but someone else could pay you off. I want you to give a Dafka to support Dafka this Kayin. So you could actually make money off of it. Okay, but the Gemara says, Loi. this is not necessarily the explanation over here regarding this situation of Geneva. When someone stole from you the Tevel, which you did not take the Trumas and Maises from. We can say, the Kula Alme, Toivis in a moment. Everybody agrees that the Toivis that Israel has in this Trumas and Maises has no monetary value. So what is the argument over here? If this person stole from you this, this produce that the Trumas and Maises was not taken from it yet, so what's the Machlekes if he has to pay you back for that value as well? The Machlaikis is when you have these matonais, these gifts that belong to the Kayin, and you did, not, you did not even separate it in the produce yet. It, it grew, it's there in your property. You never separated the Trumas and Maestres. So the Machlaikis is whether before you separated it, do I say that because in the future you're going to separate it, so therefore we consider it already now as if it was already separated. So therefore now when this Ganav comes and steals, 
So what did he steal? So the Gemara doesn't spell out the Machlekes, but the Machlekes basically is, Rabbi says, even though you didn't separate it yet, but because you're going to separate those Trumas and Maestres, so therefore the Chulin that he stole, he has to pay you back. The Trumas and Maestres that are going to be separated, that he didn't steal from you, that belongs to the Kayin. Hashem Ken Rabbi Yisabar says, because you didn't separate the Trumas and Maestres yet, right now he's stealing from you. Chulin, it's all Chulin, so therefore he has to pay you back the whole thing. That's what the Machlekes is about. Nothing to do with Tevis Anah. Everybody holds Tevis Anah is not Mami. But the Gemara asks on this Pshat. doesn't make sense. If you eat Tevis Anah in a Mami, if you're telling me that everybody agrees that the Tevis Anah of this Trumas Amaisas is not money at all. So if so, Mali Hormu, Mali Loi Hormu. What difference does it make if you already actually separated Trumas Amaisas or was not actually separated yet? The fact is you have to separate it. You're going to have to separate it in the future. So this Ghana that stole from you, did he steal from you the value of those Trumas and Maestres? No. You're eventually going to have to separate it. And that doesn't belong to you. Why is he paying it back to you? Even, even though Taka, the fact is, right now wasn't separated, so he stole from you what's now fully chulen. But he, did he cause you a, a loss by the fact that he took even that part that's going to have to be separated as Trumas and Maestres? No. So if, if you're telling me that the, the Taivis Anah is not considered to be Mamayin, and this Trumas Amaisis belongs to the Kayin eventually, so then why, why would the Rabbi say that he has to pay you back any value of that Trumas Amaisis? So therefore the Gemara doesn't accept this Pshat. But the Gemara says we don't have to say that they're arguing about Taivis Anah, whether it is Mamayin or not Mamayin, but Elah, rather the Machlekes here is as follows. Hainu Taimed the Rabbi, this is the reason why. Rabbi says that the Ganav has to pay back. And now the way that Ran explains the Gemara, what the Gemara is saying over here is, even if you're going to tell me, Teva Sana is not Mamin. So the Yisrael has no ownership in this Trumas and Maestres at all. So why is the Ganav paying you back the value of the Trumas and Maestres that's here in this produce? The reason is, It's not that he has to pay this back. It's a knas. It's a penalty. The Rabbana gave a knas to the Ganav. So he shouldn't steal. If he steals produce that's worth $100 and he only has to pay back $75. Why? Because there's Trumas and Maestres in it. So he steals and he pays back less than what he stole. So therefore they want the Ganav to pay back fully the value that he actually stole to this Yisrael. So it's a knas. So we can say, Rabbi holds Tevis on a moment. But still, we, we, it's a knas that he pays back the full value. Now, says, On the other hand, he says that the Ganav does not pay back that value. Why not? And here the Ran says, what the Gemara is trying to say is that even if holds, Tevis Anah is Momin. So when he's stealing from you, he's not only stealing the Cholin, but even the Trumas and Maestres, he's also stealing from you. That, at least that monetary value of Tevis Anah. So why does Rabbi Yisib Rabbi say that the Ganav does not pay back to the Yisrael that value of the Tevis Anah that he stole from you? The reason is the other way around. Because he, Sava, he holds Konsu Rabbanu Labalabayis. This is actually a penalty for the Yisrael, for this owner here. In order that, the Yisrael, when he separates his Trumas and Maestres, he should immediately give the Trumas and Maestres to the Kayin. What's, what's the Trumas and Maestres doing in your possession? Your mitzvah is to give it to the Kayin. By you leaving it in your possession, what happened? A Ganav came and stole it. So in order for the Yisrael not to ever keep it again in his possession, Chachamim made a knas that when you're going to get paid back for this, you're going to lose the value of your Tevis that you have in this Trumas HaMaisa. So Adarab, it's a knas for the Yisrael not to ever leave Trumas HaMaisa sitting around in his possession. 
other storm from him, he's not going to give to him as a nice. Or a, Who, the? Israel. No, he doesn't have to give when it again. Give him, when the Ghana gives him back, just the many Hulan Shabai. Now he has Hulan, yeah. he has to give to him as a Maestris from that Hulan. So I, don't, I don't think so, I mean, or not. He already separated the Trumas and Maestris. That Trumas and Maestris, the, the, the Ghana of eight. I mean, uh, I mean the Amos is that. Uh, it wasn't separated. Oh, but that's before before the Gemara said loy hormo, but now the Gemara slugged that up. The Gemara is going back. It was already separated. Yeah, the Trumas and Maisis was already separated. But now the question is: Did this Ganev steal from you, or did he steal from the Kayan? So the Gemara is saying, either way you look at it, whether he stole from you, whether he stole from the Kayan, Rabbi says we want to give a Knast Afka to the Ganev, that he should pay the full amount that he stole. And Rabbi Yisab Rabbi says, no, Yidafka want to give a Knast to the Balabas, to the Yisrael, in order for him never to leave Turmus Amaisa sitting around. So it's a machlaik is who's... The Ganev should have to pay to the Kayan. Maybe, maybe, and a Hanami. But who's he going to pay to though? There's nobody... The but the, the, the problem is, there's no, there's no... A Ganev only has to pay if there's someone that's Teveya from him. Over here, it belongs to the whole Shevet. There's nobody, there's, so he, he, there's nobody that he's going to have to end up paying it to. yeah. If you steal and you don't know, over here, even in a case where you stole from five people and you don't know who you to pay to, so there's a gamar about that, you have to give to all five people. Over here, it belongs to the Shevet. It belongs to the Shevet of the Karen of the Levim. Who, who does he give it to? I don't think there's such a thing. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the guy of, uh, will not be able to pay it back to the kind of. There's no. There's nobody demanding it from him. No, okay. In the case where Shlaihormut, then, then he will be made. Yeah. Okay. So that's what the Gemara said before. That we, okay. We're not talking about Shlaihormut over here. Yeah. Okay, but now coming back to the Mishnah though, don't forget we had over here a contradiction in the Mishnah when a person makes a neder whether. The Kainam and Levim can come and take from Trumas and Maestres. So the first part of the Mishnah says, yeah, they can come and take Balkarchach, it belongs to them. Second part of the Mishnah said that if you say that you're making a nether from these Kainam and Levim, then they can't come take. Other Kainam and Levim that were not part of the nether can come and take. So, so there's a the stira here. So the Gemara gives an answer. It, the, the, the difference is, take a look in the case itself, you see the difference. It's a big difference if you're saying this Kainam Levim shouldn't take from you or no Kainam Levim should take to me. So Rav Omar, Rav says, Shani Trume. The case of Trume in our Mishnah is different. Okay, so the Gemara doesn't spell out fully, but the point that the Gemara is going to say over here is that when you make a nether, that this Kayan and Levi shouldn't take from me, so really our Mishnah holds that Tevesana is Mami. And therefore those Kayan and Levim cannot take from you because they're taking a certain monetary value from you and they're not allowed to have a nod from you. Another Kayan and Levi can take. Ah, why does it say in the ratio of the Mishnah that if you say that no Kayan and Levi should be able to come and take from me, that now they can come and take even against your will and it's not a problem. So that's what the Gemara explains it here. That in such a case, when you said no Kayan and Levi can come and take from you, that's different. This is the reason why they can come and take it even against your will. Mishom, the Trumo Lechazia who does it, this Trumah belong to? It's, it belongs to the Kainim. The Yisrael can't do anything with this Trumah. What, what does the Yisrael have of the Trumah? Like the Gemara is saying the whole time here. Just the Tevis You could choose who to give it to. You can't keep it. It belongs to the Kainim. It's theirs. Now, the Kivin, the Ka'asi, the Mesra, Alayu. So what is this person coming and saying when he makes this Nether? Essentially, what this person is doing is he can't make a Nether and say that the Kayan and Levi can't have a Nor for me and therefore I'm taking away from the Kayan and Levi this Trumas and Maestras. I can't make a nether and take away the terms of ISIS that belongs to the Kayan. It belongs to the Kayan. What is his nether accomplishing? His nether is accomplishing that it's taking away his right that he has to give it to the Kayan. This that I'm saying, that usually, 
Usually a person has a right to give his Trumas Amaisis and the coins. That's the value that I have in this Trumas Amaisis. By me now making a nether and saying that this coin can't have an R for me, I just assert on myself this right to give it to the coin and the levy. That's what you basically did. So if so, what happens? So Shavya Afra Ba'alma. So therefore, you just turned it into Afra Ba'alma, meaning that now you have no value in it anymore. Afra Ba'alma is something that has no value, right? Just a piece of earth, a piece of sand, right? So the, va- the very value that you had, which is the Taivas Hanot, to choose which kind to give it to, you just asked yourself that, that Hanot, to choose which kind to give You can't give it. So the very nether itself took away your Taivas Hanot. So therefore, what happens with this Trumas Amaisris? Let the Kayan come and take it, because it belongs to him. The, the netter doesn't affect that. So, so therefore the Mishnah says, let him come and take it. That's the shot of the Mishnah. Now, if you're saying this Kayan, so then I never took away my right to choose which Kayan to give to. But by me making the nether, I'm just expressing my right to choose who I want to give it to. I'm making this nether, showing you that I'm not interested in giving it to this kind. I'm going to choose to give it to a different kind. I know that this kind is going to come harass me, that I should give it to him, and I don't want him to harass me to give it to him. So I make a nether, I'm not giving it to you. And therefore, I'm going to choose to give it to other kind. So I never took away my right to give it to another kind. So you choose to give it to whichever kind you want. And you still have a value there in this. So this kind that you made another can't take it from you. But if you make another not to give it to any kind, so now your whole right of giving is not there anymore. It's off Obama. You don't have that value, Bukhlal. So let the kind come and take what belongs to him. That's the pshat. The wife, going back to the wife that makes a nether. She makes a nether that the work, my income, so I don't want your father to have a no from this income. Or va pia vicha. I don't want, again, piaba means my father, that she's saying that I want my, my father to have any a no from this income. Or va pia vicha. Her nether is that your father, her husband's father, should not have a no from this income. Va pia my, my brother shouldn't have a no from my income. Va pia your brother. All these kinds of nedarim, any yachalahafer. The husband can't nullify these nedarim. It's not a neda which is inu nefesh for her. There's no affliction for her. And there's also, it's not dvarim should be neilu It's not anything that's between him and her. But what's if her neda was? She'eni al picha. Her neda is that my income, you should not, the husband should not be able to have an from this. So the Tanakhama says, Ain't This is a net that actually never takes effect. He doesn't have to nullify this. Why? Because this is one of the conditions that Chazal made in marriage that she's obligated to give her income to her husband. She can't come and make a net to stop that obligation. So it never takes effect. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, no, you do have to nullify this nether. Why? Because there's only a certain set amount that she's obligated to work the income that goes to the husband. We learned about some Sechtek Subis, there's a certain amount. But a more than that amount doesn't have to go to the husband. So therefore, what's if she has more income? So then the husband will not be able to have an off from it. So this is a dovish that he now can't have an off from this extra income from his wife. So therefore, he should be, he could nullify the nether if he wants. Rabbi Yechenabinuri also says that the husband could nullify the nether, but for a different reason. Yafir, the husband should nullify this nether because Shema Yigashana, what happens if he divorces his wife? And now, and now, after he divorces her, this whole condition that a wife has to give the income to the husband is when she's married to him. What happens if he divorces her? So now that condition doesn't apply. So now that nether will take effect. So therefore it is a What happens if he wants to remarry her? And now he's going to live with her again. And he, he's going to live with her and he can't have an offer from her income because once he divorced her, the nether took effect. So therefore, he's not going to be able to have an offer from her. So therefore, Rabbi Yechem says, because of the future... 
So therefore, he should be made for, if he wants, he should be made for the nether right now. We paskin like Rav Yechenim ben Nuri that says that you should nullify this nether because it could take effect in the future. Says the Gemara, and here we go into a long sugya. We'll start it today, and it goes through the whole pevav or a big part of pevav. We had kamat the same Gemara in Masech Tzubis that discussed this inyan. So the Gemara says, "Lememre the Kasav Shmuel shall I say that if Shmuel is paskeling like, like Rabbi Yechonin ben Nuri, that means that Shmuel would hold Adam Makdish Dava Shalei Balaylam. A person could be Makdish something that does not exist in the world yet. What is this person doing over here?" Uh, or this woman rather. This woman is making a nether that her income should become usher. Her income of today cannot become usher to her husband. She's married. Her income that she's going to make in the future, the money she'll earn in the future, will then become usher to the husband. And what's Rabbi Yechon ben Nuri saying? That income of the future, the nether will be chal on that. And therefore now you should nullify it. So this whole thing is not pa'ilam b'chlal. So how, how is this nether taking effect? So if the nether here takes effect, I should say the same thing regarding being maktish something, that it also takes effect even if it's not in the world. But Amini, says, I'll ask you a question on this, because it says in the Mishnah, ha-maktish ishtai, a person goes ahead and he's maktish the income of his wife. She can go ahead and eat and, and, and use this income that belongs to her. And the, the hektish that the husband was maktish this does not take effect. Okay, so this, this, this is, everybody agrees to this. And the point over here is that a wife could always say that whatever income you, really belongs to my husband, she can choose to say that you don't feed me and my income will not go to you. The, whole, the, the idea that the income of a wife goes to the husband is in exchange for the fact that the husband supports her. But what if she says, I want to keep it for myself? So she can keep it for herself. So over here, the husband went and was maktish her income. That income doesn't exist yet. See, she can come and say that this income I want to keep for myself. Now, when it comes to the extra income, more than what she's obligated to give to the husband. So if the husband wants to be maktish this, will that hektish take effect? So Rab Meir says, hektish. Rab Meir says, yes, it will take effect. Why? Why does this hektish take effect? Because even though he can't be maktish it now, but what happens after she passes away. After she passes away, the husband inherits all of her money and all of the value of her income. So therefore, because the husband in the future will get this, so therefore, now, when he's maktish, this extra income of his wife, the, the hektish will take effect. So it's hektish. So again, but it doesn't take effect now though. The, the hektish takes effect after she passes away. Okay, so over here you see that Meir says that even though now it's not even in existence yet, it's, it's not something that belongs to the husband to be maktish, but he could be maktish it now and it'll take effect after she passes away. But no, you can't do that. How can you be maktish today something that doesn't belong to you? Because one day she's going to pass away and then it's going to belong to you and then it's going to take effect. It doesn't work. So therefore it's cholin. You can't be maktish something that's not in the world yet. It's not yours yet, Bechlal. And on this Shmuel said, that we pass like Rabbi Yechen and Asandler, that the, the hektish does not take effect. She didn't die yet, so it belongs to her. So how could it be Makdashit? So Alma, what do I see from this? That Shmuel is telling you, that a person cannot be Makdash something that's not here in the world yet. So we have a contradiction. When it comes to the nether, Shmuel is paskening like Rabbi Yechen and Ben Nuri that said that you should nullify the nether because in the future the nether will take effect. Even though now 
the income here, the nether cannot take effect. But after he divorces her, then it'll take effect. And now Shmuel is passing the Rabbi Yechon that because in the future the money will be yours, you'll yashin it then. He says, no, it doesn't take effect now. So the Gemara says, If you'll argue and say as follows, that when Shmuel said that Allah is like Rabbi Yechon Benuri, he did not mean the halachas like Rabbi Yechen and Benuri regarding this detail that the nether will take effect later. But rather what he meant to say is al the ka'amar. He only meant to say regarding this point of hadofa, meaning Rabbi Yechen and Benuri in our Mishnah argued on Rabbi Kiva regarding two points. One point he argued on Rabbi Kiva is Rabbi Kiva says when a wife makes a nether that the husband should not be able to have a nar from the income, the reason why the husband has to nullify this nether is because even the extra income belongs to the husband. So it's going on, on uh, you have to, again, no, no, no. The, the extra income does not belong to the husband, that is. But the extra income, that's where the net will take effect. Right? The, the regular income that belongs to the husband, over there her net does not take effect. The extra income that does not belong to the husband, that belongs to her. So on that she could say, my husband should not have a no. So the first point that Rabbi Yechen is coming to argue is, no, that, that even the extra income belongs to the husband as well, and therefore the net will not take effect. So therefore, Rabbi Yechen Benuri had to find a different reason to explain why the husband has to nullify the nether. The only reason he has to nullify it is because after she'll be divorced, then the nether will take effect. So what the Gemara is saying now is, maybe we could say that when Shmuel passed on Rabbi Yechen Benuri, he was only passing like Rabbi Yechen Benuri regarding the first point, that he was arguing on Rabbi Kiva's reason, that he disagrees to Rabbi Kiva's reason. But the Gemara says that can't be. That's not what Shmuel said, because if so, Shmuel would have used a different language. Either Leme, let him say, let him clearly say, the halacha is like Rabbi Yechenen Benuri regarding the extra income, not like Rabbi Kiva that said that the extra income belongs to her, but the extra income belongs to the husband as well. So therefore, that's not a reason why he has to nullify the nether. Inami. Or the Gemara says, he should have said, Halacha ketanakama. He should have said, Halacha is like the Tanakama. Tanakama also said that the extra income does not belong to the husband. So why is he saying that Halacha specifically like Rechim Benuri? Inami, or the Gemara said, he should have said, Ein Halacha Kiva. He should have said that the Halacha is not like Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says the extra income belongs to her. He should have said the Halacha is not like Rabbi Kiva. Why is he saying that Halacha is like Rabbi Yechen Benuri? So the point is, we have a contradiction here in Shmuel's opinion. Regarding a nether, we see that the nether works, takes effect even for something that's not here in the world yet. It, it, work, it takes effect on the income that you will have after he divorces her. And regarding hektish, he cannot be mocked or something that's not here in the world yet. Salam Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef answers, Shani Kainamai. So over here, by a nether, it's different. Hoyol, because by a nether, I find that the power of a nether is regarding something that you don't even own. What is that? You can make a nether and say that I will not have a nod of any fruits that my friend owns. It's not your fruits. But you can still make a nether for yourself that I will not have a nod from those paytas. So just like we see that you can ask us something that doesn't belong to you. This is something that is only by a nether, by hektish. You can't be mocked if something that doesn't belong to you. But by a nether, you can ask a paytas that doesn't belong to you. So So therefore over here as well, I say that you can ask her something that doesn't exist in the world yet, and you can ask her this on yourself. That's only by a nether, but by hektish, I don't say such a thing. So Abai asked Rav Yosef, no, this is not a good answer. Why? The idea that you can ask her paytas that belong to your friend on yourself, the reason for this is, even though those paytas don't belong to you, but you're asking those paytas on yourself. 
You are yourself. You have power on yourself to ask yourself of anything. So therefore, you can ask it on yourself. And, and the, he says, I'll give you an example in the, in the reverse. You can ask your peiris on your friend. Right? In other words, what he's saying is, what Rabbi is saying is, you have to have control on something here. Either the point is you have control over yourself, and therefore you can ask anything in the world on yourself, even if it doesn't belong to you. Or, if you want to ask something on your friend, so you have to own what you're asking on your friend. But there's some aspect of this nether that you have control over it, and therefore the nether will work. Okay, but, but to say, yes, to say that you have a power to ask something that's not even in the world yet. So you don't have any ownership over it at all. Al Khaveda, and you're asking that on who? On your friend. So how could you how could you ask that? It's impossible. I can't come and make a nether that the fruits that are owned by my friend should be asked to my friend. You have no control over, over anything over here. So what's the question of Abaya? That's basically what's happening over here in the Mishnah. She's making a nether, and the nether is taking effect on what? It's taking effect on her income that's not in the world yet, Pachlal. Because it's after, only after she gets divorced. And on who is she making it us, sir? On the husband. And that's also something that's not in the world yet. At this point, it's owned to the husband. It's owned, owned by the husband. Now, it's going to change later that later she's going to have the power to assert it on her husband. And later, those payments will belong to her. So these are two things that right now she has no control over. So how could this never take effect now? So Elam Ravone, so therefore Ravone says, Breda Ravishur, that is, Ravone Breda Ravishur says a different shot over here. But Imeres Yiktushu Yodai Lo Iseyem. What she's saying is, not that I'm asking the income, but I'm asking my hands that produce the income. The Yedayim Ha'isnu Ba'ilam. The hands are here in the world. That's what she's asking. So even though the husband is not in her power to ask her right now, because right now, her husband gets income from her, whatever it is, and the yadayim goes to the husband, but her, so, but uh, only the income after Gedishin doesn't belong to the husband, but the yadayim are here in the world. So she has a power over her hands, and that's what the nether is, chalan. Okay, we'll stop over here with the, this, this continues over here, the whole discussion.